Hey guys, it is Allison Creamer, and today we switched it up a little bit. I'm actually in our office at the 11th floor of the, I think it's the UBS building. I don't even know what it's called anymore, but we are in the penthouse overlooking town center. Um, so it's a little quieter today, but I am actually here with a gentleman called um, named Brian LaRoche. Um, he was introduced to me uh, in reference to wealth management, and his company is LaRoche Wealth Management. Brian, thank you for coming. Thank you very much for having me. So tell me a little bit about wealth management. Define that for me, if you could, and then tell me a little bit about your company and how long you've been in business. Sure. Um, I've been at Virginia Beach since I was two years old. So uh, one of the few people who have been here my whole Not life. Not quite a native, though, huh? Uh, no. yeah, got to be born here, <laughs> you know, that's what they say. Um, but yeah, I've, I've grown up here in the area. When I got out, I went to uh, First Colonial High School, went to Virginia Tech, got a finance degree. Um, started out in the insurance side of the business when I got out of college. I didn't think people talked about managing their money when you were 21 years old. No, they just spend it. Yeah. <laughs> and at 29 years old, I, I really transitioned into doing full service, financial services, building plans for people. And that's what I've been doing for the last 17 years. So um, it, it's really the only career I've had my whole life. So um, before we started recording, we were talking about... Um, there's all different ways to define wealth management. Um, that could be life insurance, it could be traditional savings, it could be um, real estate. It's all different types of definitions for wealth management. So what are some of the areas that people should focus on uh, or that your company focuses on in order to help somebody with whether it be debt reduction or savings or just building for their retirement? That's a great question. Um, there are all those things you mentioned are all different buckets that you can build wealth with, and there's so many different buckets that you can build it with. People think tend to when they as they're getting to retirement, we use an analogy a lot of climbing a mountain. And uh, most people, if you were to ask people on leaving on a mountain climbing expedition what their objective was, they would say it's to get to the top of the mountain. And what's interesting is if you ask a professional mountain climber, they would never say it's to get to the top. The only objective is to get back down alive. So people tend to think of retirement planning the objective is to reach the top of the mountain, mm -hmm. which is really only the halfway point. So when you're putting money in these buckets, the, the, when we save money, we are giving up enjoyment of lifestyle we could have today to have something for the future. Yeah. And when you're working, you're working to earn a paycheck to provide for your loved ones a lifestyle and things that you want to have in your life. So the reason why we're saving, and this is the filter that we think you should ask, you should filter every question through when you look at whether it's real estate or investing or anything else, college planning, all of it is, how does this affect my ability to create income when I retire? So those buckets themselves don't do you any good. If you have a million dollars in a 401k, but you can't spend it, it has no value to it. Right. So the purpose of all savings is to build an income for yourself into the future so you can get your time freedom back. Mm -hmm. You are trading days, weeks, months, and years on this life working either on your earth, either working for yourself or someone else to provide this lifestyle. So the purpose of all these savings is to create an income stream later in life so that you can get your time freedom back to spend it how you want to see, how you want to spend it. Now, what kind of things are considered income streams? So anything, I mean, if you have a 401k, for example, you know, you take monthly distributions out of it, that would be an income stream. You could have rental property and, you know, if you can get that paid off by the time that you retire, you're probably going to have nice cash flow on that. 
a big part of my dad's retirement really is a building that he's had for 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. And there was times he battled his way through that thing. <laughs> but today it's a big part of his, of his plan. You know, it used to be really easy prior to the 1980s because everybody had pensions. And mm-hmm. pensions went away in the 1980s and gave way to the 401k. And so 401ks and stock markets, they're great ways to climb the mountain, but they have some problems coming down the mountain with the safe withdrawal rate. Right. And so I get asked that question a lot. Someone comes and says, I have a portfolio of a million dollars. How much is safe to spend? Historically speaking, three and a half percent is the safe withdrawal rate from a portfolio. So a million dollars is worth $35,000 a year of income. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. So, but when you learn how to integrate these things together and using a, a concept called actuarial science, which is the way pensions are built, we think that you can trade that trade that safe withdrawal rate of three and a half percent and get it up to about seven to thirteen percent off your net worth. Now, see, that's where you're the expert because that's completely clueless to me, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why people seriously, we it, it's. You know, just like my line of work uh, as a real estate agent, my job is to navigate a sales contract and make Mm -hmm. sure that I help guide them through the pitfalls, the pros and cons of making decisions, and then help them the little rabbit trails that could say, well, if you go this way, these are the things that could happen. And if you go this way, um, as a financial planner or wealth management company, you know, it doesn't mean that every plan is a boilerplate plan. Everybody has different life things and needs and desires and dreams. So speaking specifically to somebody about what you want, where you want to be and what you want out of it is is really what people need to do. And that's what we're trying to get um, the listeners to understand today. You can't just listen to this audio cast or read a blog, you know, Investor Google is not going to set up your life program. Well, these are great places to learn to ask the questions that you need. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, one of the things that we, the way we've separated ourselves from a lot of people is I, I would tell you probably 70% of the things I talk to clients about are not things that we directly get paid on. Mm-hmm. We do manage investments, we do offer insurance, but our specialty is how all this stuff fits together. So what you said you did on the real estate is the same thing we do with their money. It's just applied to a different expertise. And we don't have a magic product that any other advisor doesn't have. Everybody's got the same products. You have access to the same listings. Yep. What, what is different is taking the time to sit down to get to know each other. I love the Simon Sinek video, Start With The Why. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how most companies, all companies know what they do. A few know how they do it and even further know why they do it. Right. Um, and, and so when we first meet somebody, we actually invest up to two hours with them, sitting down and just asking them probably about 50 to 60 questions. And it's so that we can figure out what's important to them and why. Or why sometimes something, people don't know their why until some, they've been asked they those That's questions. The, the most magical part that happens is I get asked a lot. People say, can I come in on my own? And if they're married, I say, no, you have to be together. It's the interplay between the two of you that you're going to find interesting. And listening to the two of you together is how I can figure out if I can add value to what somebody is doing. Yeah. And so the first two-thirds of the interview is you just mean not marriage counseling? Well, you know what? I get, I get told that a lot that they go, this is like marriage counseling. I didn't realize that. But people don't really spend a lot of time. They're so busy living their lives, raising their children, going to work, trying to keep up with friends and family. They don't spend a lot of time really talking about what they want and why they want it. Right. 
And there's a phrase, I don't always get this phrase right, but if you don't know where you want to go, any path will get you there. Yeah, it's true. So, um, you know, that's a lot of what we do is that we help figure out that why with you. We don't figure it out. We listen to you to understand it. Mm-hmm. And then if we think we can add value, then we talk about how we engage with you to get those things to occur. Yeah. If most people are too busy li- living their lives to be able to really put this stuff together on their own. Well, it's, it's overwhelming. It's one of those things that um, it's so far in the future that you don't think about it until the future is here. And now it's, you know, you may not even got to the top of the mountain, but you're starting to head down already. So you mm-hmm. never even made it to your why. You mm-hmm. never fulfilled it. Um, and so now you're just kind of stuck. And I mean, with, with our world today and our economy, it's so up and down and just kind of scary. So you talked about this story about going up the mountain and, uh, in our show notes, we're going to have a link to that because you said it was, a uh, explain yeah, one what of it those is. Whiteboard videos. Uh-huh. To me, they almost look like cartoons when I see them mm-hmm. on TV where the, the dog's drawing figures. really fast. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's about three and a half minutes, three minutes yeah. and 50 seconds, but it, it gives it, it, it's short enough that we can pay attention these days with how busy we are, but it gives it gives a good concept of what we do and how we approach it. So because this is a slightly real estate driven, obviously mm-hmm. I'm a real estate agent, so you had mentioned something about sitting down with somebody and talking about mortgages and the expense of where that should be in their household to kind of help start building their plan. Um, so when somebody is, um, say, what would be an average... Uh, start or an age of somebody when they're when they should sit down and talk about wealth management and mortgages and retirement when should somebody really start that conversation you know it's really shocking with the answer but the answer is in their 20s it's um we talk a lot about the growth curve of money and there's only one growth curve and so it's everyone's going to have a first year they start saving and it goes from whenever you start to the year before you retire well, you make all your money on the back end of the curve. Mm-hmm. If you have $1,000 saved, it doesn't matter what you earn. It's not a lot of money. you got to get to the point where you have 100000 a half million, a million, and then the rate of return really matters. So you have to, you have to really start to understand this at an early age because what I've found is people still want to retire in their 60s. And that, that really come, people go, I don't know why I say 65. It's because that's when Social Security used to be based. So that's what people get in their heads. Now it's like 72. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but people haven't, when I, if I said 70 to someone to retire, they look at me like I have three heads. But life expectancy has grown dramatically in the last generation or two. So people still want to retire at the same age. We don't have pensions anymore yeah. to guarantee income. And we're going to live about 10 to 15 or 20 years longer than we did two generations ago in retirement. So you really have got to start getting on top of this at well, a young it's, age. It's starting that 10 to 15 years earlier than what you had to start. So that is, you know, that, that you know, you're out of college or you've started your first full-time job, you know, and, and saving um, the tiny little bits so early in age just it grows exponentially instead of waiting till you're 25, 35, 45 thinking about retirement. Yeah, I do have I have a client that they got married very very young back the way we did a couple generations ago and they were state employees. They weren't people who made a ton of money, but the husband always says the wife saved something out of every single paycheck from the day they got married even if it was $2. And it's interesting today to see them in their mid to late 70s to have 
a lot of money. They went up the hill, they've made it down the hill, and they're very comfortable. Able to travel, and and people really underestimate how much money it's going to take to live when you're in your 40s. You know, when you look at inflation, and I've done this experiment with a lot of my retired clients, I ask them what they made when they were 40, and we compare it to what they're spending in their 70s. They're spending three to four hundred percent of what they made when they were forty years old. Wow! And that's that's the effect of inflation. So I think mortgages and and the house you buy is is a huge part of your planning because the two biggest expenses you have in your life is your mortgage typically and your taxes. Oh, our health insurance now. Yeah, Sorry. it's getting up. There. It's getting up. <laughs> my there insurance third. bill is almost as much as my mortgage. <laughs> yeah, it's, that is that is planning. That's probably a subject for another day. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, those are the two biggest line items on the sheet. So as an advisor, if you can't talk to people about those things, you're going to limit your value because you need to talk about how those things affect it because they, they're spending dollars on that. So my rule of thumb, I get asked that clients, what should I be spending on my mortgage? Um, our rule of thumb is to tell clients to keep their mortgage payment to 25% of their gross income. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times I when I do that... think that's a little more reserved than what a lender... Yeah, a lender will take you up to 40, 45% yeah, exactly. total debt to income. Now, they're looking at your car payment, your credit cards, but if you don't have those things, you can go spend 35, 40% on your house. And, and here's what I found. It, when you spend that kind of money on your house, you're not going to have enough money left over to save enough to properly prepare for the future, to be able to go out and take your family out to dinner on Friday night, Reinvest have a good in time. Those repairs. Yeah, and to take vacations. Yeah. One of the things I heard about 15 years ago that really opened my eyes was most children's biggest memories as an adult are family vacations their families took. And so we are big believers in getting our clients to plan for and take vacations. You know, every year, no more than every two years, you need to do something, I think, as a family. It doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. You can go down the Outer Banks in September and your kids will have a great time. I agree. Time. I agree. Um, and I try to get couples to take a vacation if they can without their kids, even if it's well, three or four days. It's. I have a 26-year-old and, it, and it's... I always taught her, save, get a number in your savings account. If, if your number was $500, when you got to that $500, it's okay to go build a reward in. Yes. It's okay to enjoy what you worked hard for. But if you're enjoying what you work hard for all along and you didn't build a foundation, something goes wrong, you're, you're in trouble. It, it, it is. So and that's kind of the philosophy that I, you know, encouraging families to take that vacation and spend some of that money that they're really having, you know, that they're investing and that, you know, they've done their plan and now let's go have a reward. The best way I think to do that is figure out a dollar amount and open up a separate checking or savings account mm-hmm. and put the money in there every month. And then when you go to take a vacation, that's what you have to spend. Yeah. I tell people to do it over the holidays. I, I always love the phone calls I get in January from clients going, <laughs> hey, I need to pull some money out to pay my credit card. The holidays <laughs> snuck up on me. And I chuckle every yeah, time. we don't like, know that it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, it does come the same time every year. We can plan for it. Open up a separate account yeah. and, bu- and budget for that stuff. And that's where I think if you get your mortgage payment too much over 25% of your gross income, and again, when I say I don't, I don't mean net, a lot of times people think about what they get in their paycheck after taxes. So I mean, when you get your W-2 at the end of the year, 1099, when you look at what you make total, yeah. 25% of that, when you do that, you have enough money to plan for vacations, you have enough money to plan for the holidays, to take a vacation, and to still pay all your bills and be comfortable. 
It's amazing, you know, finances is probably one of the things that can ruin a family. Um, you know, the not planning or just the overwhelming anxiety of enjoying your life and then realizing you've been living beyond your means um, when that, you know, when that source of income stops. So it's really important, I agree, uh, to sit down and think about your why, where you're going, and how you're going to get back down. So... Well, as we wrap up, Brian, um, I appreciate you coming in. Mm -hmm. I really hope that this encourages somebody to, you know, think about their why, think about their mountain, think about what's going to happen when they've got to the top. And, you know, some of those income streams might start drying up. Do they plan for other income streams? So um, any final thoughts as we wrap up? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, if anybody needs any help figuring that stuff out, I know that you you love helping people out with real estate and you're great at doing that. You know, we have a passion for doing that. If somebody has, whether it's a quick question on something that they're doing or, um, you know, they're looking to help kind of how do you do pack your backpack to get up and down the mountain. Uh, we have a passion uh, in my firm for helping people do that stuff. So, you know, I get calls from friends and family even that aren't clients and just say, hey, would you answer a quick question for me? And, you know, we're, we're happy to do that. You got you to give back to, to, to people and, and the community around you. Well, and, and parents encouraging their young uh, adults to, to start that wealth management conversation instead of listening to mom and dad tell them how to spend their money, mm-hmm. you know, encouraging them to go meet with somebody else. You know, that's another a good way to kind of build a foundation for your children too. So, well, all of your contact information is going to be in the show notes. Um, but for those who are not watching us on the web, go ahead and tell them your phone number and how to reach you. Sure. Uh, my office phone number is area code 757-498-1911. And you can ask for myself, Brian LaRoche. You can also ask for April Romero. Um, April is, uh, is amazing. My clients are in love with her. Matter of fact, I think half the time they call and talk to her. <laughs> like, I don't even need to talk to Brian. Um, but that's the phone number to reach me at. And the email is Brian with an I. So it's B-R-I-A-N at LaRocheWealth.com. And LaRoche, everyone spells it wrong, so I'll give it to you. It's L-A-R-O-C-H-E. Right. And you are located in the town center area of Virginia Beach? We are. We're in the Mata Hoffa Builder right. building. Well, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.